fairy tales, children's stories about magical and imaginary beings and lands, often the first lens we give young minds to view the world they live in. Many assume these are fictional stories to be taken lightly, but what if there is more to them? This is a podcast where we'll tell you some myths and tales that you thought you knew, and we'll show you how they are connected to real-life crimes today. This is Scary Tales, where the stories of your childhood meet real-life horror. We'll discuss how the light and happy tales of youth actually have a darker history to them. We'll also discuss true crime today and some of the eerie connections they have to the myths and legends of yesterday. Tune in for a new tale every other Tuesday. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere you stream your podcast. Okay. Do you see my mic? Oh. <laughs> right in front of your face. I've never had, I've literally never had a Ricola. Is it Ricola? Where do you put the emphasis? Ricola. You, Re- you yodel Re- it. Ricola. You yodel it, yeah. But if you were to say in a sentence, hey, I need a Ricola. That doesn't sound I need right. a Ricola. I need a Ricola. Re- Re- Anyways, I've never had one. A hand she gave me one, and I'm gonna not. This episode sponsored by mm. Ricola cough drops. So we apologize in advance if you hear us just like nominon cough drops this whole time. I don't. I don't love it. You will. Mm. Okay. But it's also not something you like just eat for enjoyment. You eat it when you don't feel good. I just need, sometimes you just need a lozenge. Yeah. But this is not one of those. Just to um, lube up the old throat. Yeah, don't say that. Yeah. Lube it on up. Don't say that. Um, Speaking on lubing stuff up. Uh, I don't know. What's, 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 the, what's the segue into Rumpelstiltskin from there? Um, well, you'll see later on. Rumpelstiltskin... Similar to a name for male anatomy. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. And we call So just wait. In a few minutes, once Lacey gets past the lemon part, lemon part of the Ricola, she's going to get hit with it's that. It's not that bad. I got a different she's, brand. That I got the Mucinex brand. Oh, no. Those and, are bad. Yeah. And it tasted like honey and like herbs. And it was You'll, no good. Well... Hang on to that thought because you're going to get some honey and herbs in a minute. Let me when, like, not let in it the inside. You will. Around. I, no, it I will. mean like this sound. Oh, I know. I'm, I know. Let me not do that. It's either for me because I'm the one who's sick. It's either that or I'm going to be going <clears throat> the whole time. That's fine. People probably don't even recognize my voice on this podcast anymore because it's been a minute. Mm-hmm. There she is. Never mind me. Turn around. Yeah. Every yeah. time she's here, we do a podcast. What are we talking about? <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hannah, you didn't yeah. tell me there was That's chewy what I said. stuff on Yeah, the- honey. It's Ooh, chewy, I don't- it's honey. Mm-hmm. I knew you weren't going to like that. Uh-uh. I knew you weren't going to no, like that. ma'am. I knew you weren't going to like that. Yeah, spit it out and then wash it down can with some Coke. A, can I get you another Ziploc bag in a second? Oh, God. Lacey's about to spit this out into my Ziploc baggie of my cough drops and Dayquil. I knew you weren't going to like that. You didn't tell me it was a jelly surprise. I was surprise. trying. I, I thought say, you I just got saying, to another flavor. No, I kept saying honey. It's like actual honey on the inside. That's not going to be pleasant either. Mm. You just wash that down with a big old swig of Coke. <sighs> Never buying those. I was enjoying that. No, they're good. Okay. Ricola sponsor us. We are three minutes in, and we haven't even gotten to the point of the thing. That's fine. We're talking about Rumpelstiltskin today. Why yeah. not? Um... 
I feel like Rumpelstiltskin is a name everybody knows, but nobody really knows what they know about him. That's right. You know, everybody's I, heard of him. I feel like I know uh, bits and pieces. You, mm-hmm. want, you want me to give him an old summary just in case? Yeah, because they're not a Disney. Yeah. There's not like a Disney movie for him. Uh-uh. But he's um, in Once Upon a Time. I was about to say, and that's the only like super popular modern interpretation of him. And, right. And you, and you can't even really tell which parts are his story because all the stories are combined. Mm-hmm. So but, give us the what would be a Disney summary if there was one. Okay. In case you didn't know anything. So there is this Miller. I think Miller. What is a Miller? You got a Cobblers, what makes shoes, and Millers, they make um, mill, you know, like sawmills and no, grain mills. And no, <laughs> hang on. This is like a, it's like a, they work a, a like grain mill. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 They make grain. Yeah. Uh-huh. So See, anyway, there's him. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And he has a daughter, and he brags to the king and and the kingdom that his daughter can spin straw into gold. He that would not be be hard to disprove, but he was right. like, "I'm just going to shoot big on this, this right. little uh, white lie." The king calls for this girl. Obviously, he wants her. If she can make gold out of nothing, and he locks her up in a tower room filled with straw and a spinning wheel, which reminds me of Sleeping Beauty. Yep. And he demands that she spin the straw into the gold, or by morning he will have her killed. So she is in there. She's like, oh. This is not going to go well. This is not going to go well. I can't do that. That is until an imp-like man appears in the room and spins the straw into gold in return for her necklace. So the next morning comes. The king's like, okay, you made me gold. And he rewards her by bringing her to an even larger room filled with more straw to repeat the the gold making process again and so she's like again that wasn't me the first time still need some help here so the guy shows back up this little imp as they call him and this time he asks for her ring so it's kind of like strip poker okay but that's all the jewelry she had on her so the next day the second on the second night again he gets the ring spins the straw into gold on the third day the girl has been taken to an even larger room filled with more straw and is told by the king that he will marry her. Because I guess <laughs> that's the golden the winning, prize The winning here. prize, yeah. yeah. If she can fill this room with gold, or he will execute her if she cannot. And at this point, the girl has no jewelry left, like I said. She doesn't have any way to pay the creature. Except that he extracts a promise from her that she will give him her firstborn child. And so... He, again, the third time, spins a straw into the gold. I mean, at that point, she's like, I can either do that or die tomorrow. Right. So just going to go she's in a lose, shoot my shot. She's in a lose-lose situation there. So the king keeps his promise to marry the miller's daughter. They have their firstborn child. And what do you know if the old imp returns? And he wants the, the baby. So she offers him all of the wealth in the castle. But he's not interested in that. We all know, like, fairy-type creatures love right. children. And right. changelings same things. So... He finally agrees to give up his claim on the firstborn child if she can guess, if the queen can guess his name within three days. So we all know what his name was. It's Rumpelstiltskin. Right. Her odds of learning that. <laughs> her guessing that. Or even being able to pronounce it. Slim to none. Slim to none. So the queen guesses many names and they all fell. But before the final night, she wanders into the woods searching for him and comes across his remote mountain cottage and watches unseen as he hops around the fire and he's singing a little song and the tells the song is different. They all suck. 
they're not great. But in this specific one, the song is Tonight, Tonight, My Plans I Make, Tomorrow, Tomorrow, The Baby I Take, The Queen Will Never Win the Game, For Rumpelstiltskin Is My Name. So she's there standing she has by. It. There she's she's got, got his name. She's like, what are the chances? So the imp comes by the next day to take the baby. And at first she kind of acts like, oh, I don't know, and guesses a couple names that she knows aren't right. And then she's like, wait a second. I know your name is Rumpelstiltskin. At this point, the little guy just loses his absolute mind, very angry, and in different versions, he accuses the devil or he accuses accuses witches of revealing his name to her. But this ending is where, where the gruesomeness comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, in. In Grimm's version, he takes his right foot and he stomps it through the floor or the ground up to his waist. So his right leg is, so something is stabilizing his right leg. Mm-hmm. He then passionately gets his left leg and rips it up in the air, ripping himself in two. So he rips himself in two. Mm-hmm. Other versions have him driving his right foot so far into the ground that he creates a, a chasm, chasm. How do you say the word? He creates earthquake, you know, <laughs> hole in the ground. And he falls into it, never to be seen again. Uh, also in one of the oral versions, before Grimm actually wrote it down, mm-hmm. the stilt skin just flies out of the window on a cooking ladle. See, I think I like that one. Yeah. There's no explanation for it, but yeah. I love a good. But Grim, of course, is going to give you the the most gruesome one. Yeah, I, right. But I can imagine that he doesn't fall into a hole. He doesn't go out the window in a ladle. He rips himself in two. Yep. There you go. It's already dark enough. I can kind of see why Disney didn't didn't think there was a lot to capitalize on there for no. a movie. Mm-mm. But he's kind. There's of, still time. Yeah, he's kind of Loki-ish to me. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but not as. I don't know. He, there's not as many, like, you, there's definite times when you're like, Loki is being pretty good. Right. That's what, I was, that's what I'm trying to think. There's not nothing, like, redeeming, really, yeah. here. But he's a trickster. Yeah. So, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a little backstory here. Um, there are lots of different versions of the story of Rumpelstiltskin. Obviously, some of them have different names, also complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is thought to be some 4,000 years old. Old, old, old. Yes, before Grim, old. Mm-hmm. So to put that into perspective, that's over a thousand years before Homer, mm-hmm. and up there with the earliest surviving ep- versions of t- the tales that compromise the Epic of Gilgamesh. Old Gilgamesh, which is real old. Mm-hmm. Which is all, most people regard that as the oldest epic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's so it's up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is one of the earliest known narratives in western literature one of the oldest one of the earliest known ones which is one of the ones i didn't know right which is i guess the the surprising part is like it's one of the oldest and yet it's one of the least well known i guess yeah we should take a microphone and go around like one of those baby microphones mini microphones and be like do you know the story of rumple yeah and i bet they just combine a bunch of probably i need to do that at school Mm mm-hmm with some of my students please get a mini microphone with one of those little baby hands order off off of amazon yeah okay so in all these different versions, though, the same story pattern appears, and it and it appears in multiple different cu- cultures. So it's not just one culture doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Whoopity Story in Scotland. I like that name the best. Mm-hmm. You've got Gilletrut in Iceland. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Go Joy ahead. Joy Dane in Arabic, which means he who talks too much. Yep. Kind of funny. I know a couple Joy Danes. Um. Oh, do you really? 
Do you, no, I mean people that talk too much. Oh, oh I thought you meant like people <laughs> named that. I was like, yeah. interesting. Um, you got klamushka, uh, mm-hmm. which means junker in Russian. Uh, you've got another one in uh, South America whose name means little noise. So all of these... Rudo Yeah, I was about to say, without you being able to see the audience, being able to see the names, they're all complicated names. Uh-huh. Because remember, part of the whole thing is... Yeah, I don't want... It you, can't be You John. can't guess their name. So yeah. it's not going to be very common names in all these cultures. Mm-hmm. So they're all very complicated. Except Russian, because that's... I feel like all Russian names are like that. Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a Russian doctor at work, and I cannot tell you her last name to save my life. But for them, they probably would, yeah, like, right. wouldn't be able to... Um, so, however, so all these different versions, but the most famous version of Rumpelstiltskin's narrative was the one penned by Brothers Grimm. And it's from this one that most of the subsequent, like, folklorists took their inspiration. So, Brothers Grimm, their stories, they collected and wrote them in their 1812 edition um, of Grimm's Kinder and House uh, House Marching, so the children's, children's and household tales. Children's and household for tales for those that can't speak German. This fell under one of those. Um, eventually, they revised and refashioned it in their final 1857 volume, mm-hmm. and the narrative was so well known across Europe by this point, like so by the eight, late 1800s, um, that the Grimm's actually collected four versions of the legend which they then combined into the Rumpelstiltskin like, plot that we recognize today. Mm-hmm. So everybody knew Rumpelstiltskin back summary. then. They got a good old summary. Yep. We got the condensed version. Mm-hmm. The name Rumpelstiltskin is thought to have derived from an old children's game called Rumpelstilt-Oder der... De Pop-Tart. De, de Pop-Bart. <laughs> yep. Um, which dates back to 1577. Uh, still play... like People still play this in many parts of Germany. Mm-hmm. Rumpelin... Is meant um, means to make noise, okay. and then stiltzer refers to someone with a limp. An old uh, look at that old stiltzer over there. Yeah, um, the archaic German word stoltz also means lame or with a limp. So when you put that together, mm-hmm. Rumpelstiltskin was conceived to be like a noisy goblin with a limp. Okay. Direct translating as little rat, little rattle stilt. I wonder if that has anything to do with people on stilts. Like I don't they're know. Unsteady, you know. Maybe. Um, in this in this game, so if you're imagining, like, what is you so teach how this, this to Emma? On the how does this translate into a game? A child is chosen to be to pretend to be the evil goblin, and they chase each other around with scary t- with the scary. They sounds. don't even have to honestly pretend to be a goblin. They I mean, they're already loud enough, and they chase each other. This around. is just tag with like a little bit of yeah, like. Some folklore, folklore thrown in yeah. there. Um, the meaning is also similar to Rumpelgeist, mm-hmm. which if you recognize the word geist means ghost. Yeah. So like the rat like a rattle ghost. Um, or like if you've heard the term poltergeist, mm-hmm. is that like mischievous spirit that moves around household objects and yeah. makes noise. So Rattle Ghost reminds me of Marley like from like the Scrooge. Because mm-hmm. he With has all, all the chains. chains. Yeah. I kinda like that name, mm-hmm. Rattle Ghost. Um, so this kind of crude beginning may help you help to explain the format of Rumpelstiltskin's narrative as we know it today. There's not really a beautiful princess. There's no rescued knight, like coming down horseback to yep. rescue somebody. Um, 
Instead, the story revolves around a young, plain woman. Mm-hmm. She's often depicted as lazy or being an ungrateful daughter because, I mean, her dad is a miller and he works super hard, but... Mm-hmm. And she can't even spend straw on a gold. Right. Um, and then she married, gets married to a king um, through a dishonest means, mm-hmm. right, through a lie. And the self-seeking, you know, quote-unquote goblin character is the one who comes and provides the aid. So it's not a knight in shining it's armor. Not, yeah, it's not a Disney story. It's a goblin with a limp. Mm-hmm. There you go. So maybe that's why. There's no princess involved. Um, names are also really important, like great importance in folklore and stories like this. Any story I read with Faye, that's always right. a running thing. They right. can't tell you their name. If right. you find their name, you're dead. Or they're dead. Right. Yeah. Um, because And then it's only when the little girl discovers his name that she gains power over him. So mm-hmm. that's like a knowing his name is a powerful thing to him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also value in and power of using personal names and titles as well in psychology, management, teaching, trial law. Um, it shows up in all types of literature, and it's often referred to as the Rumpelstiltskin principle, mm-hmm. um, which derives from a very ancient belief that to give or know the true name of a being is to also have power over it. Right. So, anytime, Chase, anybody, time, well, not just Chase, even my mom, like. They're normally just be like, hey, but if they're like Lacey, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, snap. Mm-hmm. Let me tune in. Mm-hmm. It's different. Mm-hmm. There's a... We, we haven't talked about Frankenstein yet, have we? I don't think we have. Frankenstein's monster? Yeah. We, we, it, it, we've gotten so far in that I've forgotten I know, the ones we've for, already done. Anyway, I bring that up to say in the story, he doesn't get a name. And that's like a big deal that he doesn't mm-hmm. have a name. Oh. It's like a dehumanized, it's like a dehumanizing thing. Yeah. Like he doesn't even have a name. I think we did Dracula, and that's what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Not Frankenstein. So we've been at this near you. We've been at it so long, we can't remember what we mm-hmm. have or haven't done. Um, so names are special. Like they're special words. They've mm-hmm. got special meanings. They give things like plants, animals, people a very specific identity. Like I was just saying, if you don't have one, it's almost as if you don't have an identity. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to human names, obviously this effect is even grander. Um, Names are words raised to the power of two. They surpass themselves, so they're not just words. They're an incarnation of, like, a, they're like an incarnation of language. Mm-hmm. So without a name, a person's not a person. Again, like in Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. For that reason, in Ghana, as in many other cultures, one does not immediately give a newborn child a name. They they wait to see, like, you know, quote, if it will come to something, they, they want to see what's happening. They were like, let me see if this is a demon first, if right. it is. Right, And only after seven mm-hmm. days, when any kind of, like, danger has passed, then they'll give the child a name, and it becomes a human being. Interesting. It's kind of like the, the um, Kylie Jenner. The Lord knows they just now released that, her last kid's name. Oh, really? It what was Wolf it? at first, and then she was like, it's not Wolf, and then they weren't going to release it. And they're like, we're just giving it more time um, than air. A-I-R-E. I saw somebody, okay, uh, I don't rem- remember if it was a guy that was Arabic or what, but he was like, yeah, in our language, that means, uh, that's another ner- another name for male anatomy. Mm-hmm. You should probably do your research before you. It might be Airy. I don't know. Air, A-I-R-E. Interesting. Air and stormy. Oh, you got thunder. God. Okay. Tornado. Hey, Could have gone with names, just nader. Names have meaning, okay? okay? Yeah. They do. They so sure do. Look into the meaning before you give mm-hmm. it to your child. 
Um, at least you didn't name him Rumpelstiltskin. That is a fact. Um, the name Rumpelstiltskin could also have a much darker theme to it. So, again, <laughs> the perfect segue. We talked about how it, may, it might mean like little rattle stilt, mm-hmm. um, which could have a phallic interpretation to it. It could. Rumpelstilt skin. What other things go da-da-da skin? I'm not going to say it, but you can imagine. Um, this also, also, this little impish creature, quote unquote, makes gold. Makes with, gold. With the young girl each night and then demands her firstborn child. Which is most likely his. Which could, in some interpretations, could potentially be his. Sticking his skin in places. That was Lacey <laughs> with the commentary there. So this story then, therefore, could be interpreted as one of these, um, you know, women's tales, forewarning young women about um, what married life would be like, um, especially for, like, young, uneducated, and potentially easily manipulated females. So this could look like a story where, you know, he comes and takes advantages of her, and they're trying to warn other women listening. Mm -hmm. It's only once the girl knows what to call the visiting imp that she's able to control her own fate. So also it's only when she knows like what she's doing, when she learns the ropes, she knows how to make gold that she, uh, you know, surpasses the test. Yeah. She's winking as she's speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, all, a lot of these elements also could be a coming of age tale, um, with less sexual innuendo to it, but just Mm -hmm. more maturity, things like that, where you've got a young protagonist who is quote unquote trapped until they're able to grow into a more mature adult by rebelling against their elders. So the young girl, as the character is most often portrayed, has been, um, has after all been betrayed three different times by those in a position of her trust. Mm -hmm. Her parents, or her father specifically, her husband, the king, and the Rumpelstiltskin character. Which th- which gives you the number three, and three is a very significant number in literature as well. We've talked about this before, but usually represents the the Holy Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the three fairies in Giambattista's um, Italian version of the story. There's the three nights of spinning. There's the three gifts that the young woman must make. The three, or, the three pigs. Get, the three, three little, little pigs. pigs. Mm-hmm. The three fairies in Sleeping Beauty. What else yeah. we got? And this story has like lots of threes, the mm-hmm. the betrayed three times, the three gifts, the three nights, the three gifts, yep. like all the things. Yep. Um, so mm-hmm. could be that. Um, as well as altering the name of the antagonist, so back to our Rumpelstiltskin. Um, there's different versions from from Europe and from other parts of the world that present the basic narrative again in different ways. We just talked about Gian Bautista's Basile. He had a full-length version printed in um the pentamaroni the pentamaroni which we've talked about again yeah but he had that kind of rumpelstiltskin type narrative in there mm-hmm. which did differ substantially from Grimm's tale um but uh, did not or did introduce the main features of the narrative the the lie of the young girl her inability to spin the the gold her marriage to the wealthy husband the king mm-hmm. and then the aid of the helper um but this they, time they didn't have the name guessing no they didn't have the name guessing which, which was like a whole point of the, the whole story point. um so is it the same story or not mm-hmm. 
And indeed, although he doesn't seem good, Rumpelstiltskin is very knowledgeable, which knowledge does not always mean goodness, but um, being able to spin the gold that the young woman requires, like that takes a lot of knowledge and skill. Mm -hmm. So if Rumpelstiltskin is as wise and as powerful as the story would suggest, then why does he give the young woman a chance to escape her fateful promise and keep her firstborn? Like why even? Right. Because he could have just taken it. Right. Why even give her the option? Because he's like Loki. He likes a little trick. Uh, yeah. He, maybe he likes the, likes the game. a little riddle. He is portrayed as that kind of devil-like character where he's trying to tempt her into giving up her firstborn child. But by offering her a chance at, you know, quote-unquote redemption, his behavior gives that double-sided temperament of fairies or imps or character like kind of little monster characters like the that fae yeah that have both good and bad elements yeah. to their character because in some versions of the story he is a it's a fairy not an imp mm-hmm. but same i like a good bad does. guy yeah because mm-hmm. if he's all because if they're all bad there's not a little like yeah i like like damon and vampire diaries right uh edward twilight, twilight. mm-hmm um, at the end of Grimm's tale, though not in any others, Rumpelstiltskin, we talked about, rips himself in two, which is supposed to maybe be symbolic of that dual nature, like he's separating the good from the bad of him. What does the flying out of the kitchen window in a ladle represent? Do I don't you? know. He likes soup. I, that one's a little bit, that one's a little bit, mm-hmm. takes a little bit more deep diving. If you know, diving. Us, no. Yeah. yeah. There's no necessarily like overt morals to this story. We, we said it could just be, like, a, a woman's warning against, you know, other men, you know, taking advantage of you. It could be just a warning against making promises that you can't keep. Uh, maybe against bragging that you can yeah. do things that you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe if you're going to do that, do something you have a shot at. Right. Maybe not, like, transforming straw into gold, but, like, transforming straw into, like, baskets. There you go. You know, she something more realistic. think about that. Could be the cautionary tale that transformation doesn't come without a price. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's not like, again, maybe this is this is a reason why this one didn't really like make it to Disney because there's not like a really standout mm-hmm. moral of the story. What? Yeah, I'm gonna say that it's like don't make promises that you can't, can't keep. That's your lies. Yeah, because they'll you just keep. That's where spinning a web. I was about to say spinning. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe she's literally spinning a web of lies, gold, mm-hmm. golden lies. Mm-hmm. Um, Rebel Siltskin will take a hard, a hard turn here. Um, yeah. Also has some roots in like agricultural development. Yeah, because we talked about straw. Mm-hmm. Um, the central motif of the story is that idea of being able to spin straw into gold, which we know you can't really mm-hmm. do. They were hungry back then. Right, and straw was useless as like a food for humans you could feed it to some animals but not to humans Mm -hmm. whereas gold can buy you food right so this could be viewed as like a symbol for food specifically grain in the fairy tale of rumpelstiltskin um oh is this i mean is this fairy tale of rumpelstiltskin more about the fundamental idea of something that's concerning for human beings throughout much of our history as in like the the need and desire for food harvest was v important back then right so is this just like a harvest tale mm-hmm. could be dolled up a little bit yeah 
Um, given Rumpelstiltskin's supernatural qualities and abilities, the fairy tale becomes a kind of variation on the idea of like making a sacrifice to the gods in, in return for a harvest. Um, so it could be kind of that like rain dance kind of almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in this analysis or in this kind of interpretation, it's significant that Rumpelstiltskin is both defied and destroyed by the queen at the end of the story because that kind of would symbolize that humanity is outgrowing its reliance on the gods and it's just like actually reliant on the food. Yeah. Which as technology advances, humans are able to make food for themselves and don't need to pray to the god of the harvest. So could this have been just a, we don't need the supernatural anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, when I first read over this, what? That didn't really come to mind. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that 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 seems like more of a stretch, but that we left it up to the literary scholars, right? And that's like a, but that's almost like an agricultural scholar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go in summary that it probably is just like well, it wasn't even her that made the promise; it was her dad. But in general, right? If don't we if you don't tell people you can do something that you can't yeah because then they're gonna snowball ask, effect because then wise. they're gonna ask you to do it and when you can't do it yeah that's mm-hmm. either embarrassing or you could potentially be killed by the king or your first born child can get taken up unless right. you can figure out the name Rumpelstiltskin so just tuck that in your back pocket I digress I have no way how to um, transition to snack break. We'll be skin. right back. Skin, with, no pig skins, or food. That's not what we have for a snack break. Not at all. But it is food. It is food. Be right back. On this week's snack break, we don't have more Ricola. No, but I actually thought of a. I, I did think of a good transition. What? Because it's um, grain-free. <gasps> you need a Ricola. <laughs> that, um, that, I'm really proud of you for making that. Thank you. Um, it's grain-free. It's grain-free cereal. It's, we've, we've talked about them before on here, but it's Magic I think Spoon. we used to have a, a link, but we don't we'll anymore. See, we'll see if we can find it. But yeah. it's a new flavor. It is a new flavor. So... Um, Lacey could not guess the flavor based off of the graphics on the front. Mm-mm. You can um, turn you wanna, it around. Do you want to tell them what, what? So I pulled this out of my bag, and Lacey was trying to guess the flavor. It was, like, written at the very bottom of the box, so she was just guessing as I'm pulling it out. Mm-hmm. You guessed straw. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, I said I was hoping it was straw-flavored. She thought it was straw-flavored. Because of the story, you know. Okay, well. Well, it's a cowboy, and he's riding an alligator, and he has a spoon in his hand. So I thought it was going to be, like, like, some weird Santa Fe corn yeah sweet corn flavor but, but it's, it's not. not it's cinnamon roll. it's cinnamon roll so cinnamon roll or do I you buy think, this regularly uh i wouldn't say regularly but i do like to try the new flavors yeah and also just emma likes a snack on mm-hmm. cereal so i was trying to get like i don't know i read some scary article about um some what cereal brand is in trouble right now i think i read some scary article about cheerios and something about, you know... You're talking to the girl who eats oatmeal cream pies every day, even though they have... Right, I know. So it was just one of those things that, like, I, f- I feel like I just 
gave him a bunch of Cheerios and then I read some scary article that was like, it's got weed killer in it. And so I just, next time I was at the store, I picked this up. No, we don't. Because this has like really good stuff. It's, it's no total sugars. It's got, um, it's grain free. It's got protein in it. Do you know how much weed killer I've eaten in my life? I mean, same. They need that. They I, need, you these kids to, need to You may have saddle to just reach up. in there. They yeah. Need, they need to okay. saddle up. Did you get anything? I got one. All right. So, it's supposed to be a uh, cinnamon roll. Well, that's good. We aren't eating it with, with milk, so just be advised on that. Wait, wait. That last part, you know how you got the candles, like the scents, you got the top notes, the bottom notes, the bottom note yeah. of that, it kind of ended up a little salty for me. Salty? Interesting. I wanted it to be sweet the whole way out, and I'm really getting that grain, that straw flavor, if you will. It's grain-free, so there's no grain in here. Oh, well, <laughs> that's even scarier. I don't know what, what What's grain. wrong with grain? What's wrong know. with eating a little grain? I thought you needed some grain. I don't know. There is salt in here, so. Mm. It is, it is. I mean, little, there's salt in everything, though. It is. Get, I liked it at the first taste. On the front of the tongue, the back of the tongue came out salty. But do you think that would be different if you were drinking it or eating it with milk instead of potentially washing it down with a Coca-Cola? This is a Coke Zero, first of all. Oh, sorry. No, I don't. I could see where Emma would like that. Her, yeah. Her palate isn't as mature. She's got a very mature palate. Excuse mm. you. Mm-hmm. It's got vitamin D, calcium, iron, potassium. Well, you know, you don't want them to be weak. Right. This is supposed to be better for you than that other brand. Than straw. Yeah. Okay. Well, somebody weave that into something that tastes like straw. Hey, they did we, the opposite. You want to finish the story on the back? Yeah. If, do you have a pen? No. Okay. Um, give me an adjective. Harry. You may have to cut this whole part out, but this could be funny. Harry? Okay. Uh-huh. I'm not cutting it out, so y'all just hang in for a second. Okay, give me a city. Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah try and spell that. Yeah. Or that part of that stick. Give me a name. A, ma um, a guy name. Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpel, okay. Adjective. Curious. Uh, na uh, n another, uh, yeah, another name. Um, Chase. I knew it was coming. A noun, plural. Plural noun. I'm glad yeah. I know all my parts of speech. I know. This is an English test now. Donuts. Donuts, okay. Um, I need a noun that's a place. The meadow. Okay. Uh, I need a plural noun. Lord. There's uh -huh. only two, three more. Mm. Give me two more plural nouns. Let me think. I want it to be good. Uh... <sighs> Dogs. One more plural noun. Candles. <laughs> okay, and I need a um, last one. A verb ending in ing. Waxing. <laughs> All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. Saddle up and hear yourself a tale of the most hairy spoon slinger these parts, these prairies he have ever seen. He does look hairy. Some have said he ain't had a name. But here in Albuquerque, we call him Rumpelstiltskin. There you go. When he rode into town on that curious beast he called Jace. <laughs> of course he did. Um, <laughs> you bet your boots the donuts went running. 
And the meadow closed up right quick. That meadow <laughs> closed right at high, up. At high noon, he'd twirl the spoon of his yelling, Dogs, you better start waxing. <laughs> <laughs> and sure as dirt, he'd be back on that critter riding off into the sunset with a saddle full of candles. Yep. That was beautiful. All the dogs in the meadow just start waxing. There you go. Okay. That was probably the best network we've ever had. Hopefully that was a good little uh, cleanser. We haven't done this together in a while, so we're just like... Just giddy as... All right. All right. Part two. Murder. Welcome back now. Welcome back. Did you like that? I did. Thank you. All right. So what are we talking about for this portion? Oh, hold on. You Did you find a murderer named Rumpelstiltskin? No, I tried. I am. There is a murder, and there's many, but I picked one of them, of people just thinking they can... You know, Rumpelstiltskin thought he could just snatch a baby, snatching things that aren't his, yep. especially babies. And this story is about a, a baby snatcher. Ah. Mm-hmm. So, her name's not Rumpelstiltskin, though. Her name is kind of just as hard to pronounce, both of them. But, anyway, today I'm telling you the murder of Heidi Broussard. Have you heard of this case? I don't think so. Okay. Well, uh, on December 12th, 2019, so very recently, a 33-year-old mother of two, Heidi Broussard, dropped off her six-year-old son, Silas, at his elementary school in Austin, Texas, and she dropped him off around 7.30 a.m. So Heidi, at the time, had her two-week-old newborn baby, Margot, with her at the time, and Heidi's partner, Shane, Shane Carey, he returned home after work around 2 p.m., and Heidi and the baby, Margot, were not there, but... Uh, he he wasn't really worried at the time because they lived in an apartment complex. He thought she's probably just visiting a next-door neighbor is with friends. And just side note, uh, Shane, her fiancé, and Heidi had been dating for nearly 10 years, and they had two children together and one child from a previous marriage. So this was a long-term relationship. But anyway, so he didn't think much of it. Like I said, that is until the school calls, and they're like, hey, we still have Silas. Silas was never picked up. Heidi was supposed to be the one to pick him up. So obviously Shane is getting a little worried, but he goes to the school, gets Silas, and that when he's coming back, he notices that Heidi's car is still in the parking lot at the apartment complex. But he also notices, after a little more digging, that the diaper bag and um, what else was inside? Oh, excuse me. The diaper bag was still in the apartment. You had a newborn baby recently. Yeah, you don't, you go, don't, anywhere, you don't, you don't go anywhere without that thing. Yeah. And um, her cell phone was also missing. So this, at this time, he starts to panic a little more. And around 7.30 p.m., he calls the police and tells them, you know, Heidi is missing. And they launch a missing person investigation. So two days later, on December 15th, in an act, in a Good Morning America interview, this escalated quickly to get on Good Morning yeah, that America. Yeah, was, that was fast. Mm-hmm. Two days is like nothing. Yeah. Shane said, I just want her to come home. She's amazing. She's missed. She has her whole family here supporting, praying for her to come home. And hopefully that's just, I don't know, somebody to bring her home safe. I don't care. Just drop her off. 
So immediately this case took the media by storm. You have a missing woman, but you also have a missing child. Yeah. But many parallels were quickly drawn to this case and the horrific murders carried out by Christopher Watts. Do you know who Christopher Watts is? Yes. He killed his two daughters and his wife. Yeah. And he was all over the news and he did all these interviews, police where he was like looking sad, but he wasn't really sad. The Netflix has Mm -hmm. Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. And people are kind of looking at Shane, like he's acting kind of weird. Cause it's one and it's one year after. So they no. this is, um, Right, this happened in 2019, and his... Oh, oh I thought Chris, you meant... Oh, I thought you meant this interview happened. Yes. No, I was saying, like, mm-hmm. this could be, like, a copycat killer kind right. of thing. So, but, I mean, if you put me on the spot on Good Morning America, I'm going to act a little weird. I know. I, I'm always conflicted about that kind of stuff, because hindsight's always twenty twenty, where you can mm-hmm. go back and look at people's interviews after you know they're guilty and be like, oh, yeah, they did this, this, and this. But... Yeah. Everybody handles grief and like traumatic experiences differently. So, God, and I knew I'd be one of those people that just be so weird. If you get up there and sob, they're like, "Oh, they're overly oh, emotional." Right. If you get up there and don't show any emotion at all, they say you don't. Sh- I mean, yeah. you're kind of in a lose lose, right? So everyone immediately starts thinking it's Shane. Um, so, like I said, the case took the media by storm. There's lots of information flying everywhere, and people are blaming Shane for killing his wife. After a few days, with little headway in the case, the Austin Police Department had to bring in the FBI to insist, assist with the investigation, and they were able to determine from witnesses that Heidi had come home the morning she disappeared shortly after dropping off her son, but no one saw her leave the apartment building. Her phone had been turned off since her disappearance, which is another not a good sign, and the last time it had pinged was at the apartment. So Shane and Heidi's mother both stated that there was no way Heidi had left voluntarily because that's another option. Did she just get up with the, the baby and leave? He said, quote, she wouldn't leave, not without an ID. All of her cash was in her purse. Her purse is here. Her car is here. And she's a talker. She loves to talk. She loves her friends. She loves her family. And she would tell somebody. And all of her friends don't know. Nobody has heard from her. He then said, it's only her and the baby and the cell phone and the keys that are gone, and that's it. So as the investigation is progressing, a witness finally comes forward, a witness from the apartment complex they live at, and they state that on the morning of Heidi's disappearance, they had seen her talking to a woman outside the building. And then they said they saw that baby Margot, or a baby, was with them, and they both got in the car with this person, and the woman drove off. So Heidi... And the baby get in the car with this woman, and they drive off. So officers show showed a witness lineup of known people in Heidi's life at, to the witness, and he pointed out one of the people from the lineup who happened to be Heidi's best friend, Megan. Here's the name. That's Rumpelstiltskin. Uh huh. Megan Firmuska. Firmuska. That reminds me of Miska, Mushka, Mickey Mouse. So Heidi and Megan had been friends since they were teenagers. They had even gone to church camp together. And to even solidify further how great of friends they are, Megan had been present, like, in the delivery room for both of Heidi's children and had even stayed at their apartment to help out after Margot's birth. So they're close. Yeah. Yeah. She had a key to their place. They're they're besties. Like, I... I was not in your delivery room. No. I was not in Aspen's delivery room. O- only David was in there. Yeah. So but that, I was about to say that's like a very like intimate setting. Right. 
Correct. Yeah. I don't want anybody seeing that. Yeah. I just... Yeah. That's like a whole other level of like... Intimacy. Right. And... But that's apparently how close they are. So, officers continued their investigation, confirming that Megan had seen Heidi the morning of the disappearance with surveillance... Surveillance... Surveillance. And they were able to track where her phone had last pinged. So... Megan lived in Houston, Texas, which was 165 miles away from Austin, where Heidi lived. Yeah, that's not, they're not that close yeah. for just like a casual drop by. Mm-hmm. Texas Rangers were dispatched to check out the home of Megan on December 12th, which is one week after Heidi went missing. And once there, they sent up a helicopter to get aerial surveillance and noticed a vehicle registered to Megan was parked in the backyard of the house. And I know some people, especially here in Alabama, I see a car parked in the backyard. Any, any which like, way. Yeah. yeah. But like, there's like, you know, yeah. you can go down the street and see that. But they said it was just odd. It, it threw them as an odd sighting. So that. Well, because it wasn't like a, it was like just like the legit backyard. It wasn't like a driveway. Like, yeah. Like you've got somewhere you can pull into naturally. Mm-hmm. And they said it was parked in a way that looked like somebody was trying to hide it. So. The Texas Rangers were watching the house, and they saw a man leave the residence, and they followed him to a local target, me, (laughs) and approached him to ask him who he was, and he revealed to be Megan's ex-boyfriend, and the couple, he said that they had separated months prior, but had continued to live together when Megan told him that he was pregnant. No. The old bait and switch. Yep. Officers asked about the pregnancy, and were kind of like, yeah, that's kind of in close proximity to Heidi's pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And they asked about the birth, and he said it had taken place while he was out of town. Mm-hmm. And she had given birth to a girl that she named Luna May. And that's when the police then showed this man a photo of Margot, and he's like, yeah, that's definitely Luna May. No. Yeah. So law enforcement was allowed into the home where they encountered Megan. And she said she couldn't recall where she had given birth, that good old birth amnesia, and nor could she produce any records that matched with her giving birth, no birth certificate, anything like that. So on December 19th, she was arrested, and the baby in the home was taken into child protection, which I I would be so pissed if I was Shane, the dad. Anyway, until a DNA test could be conducted to confirm that it was his child. And then once they confirmed that it was Margot, she returned to Shane's, her father's care. Yikes. I mean, I guess, I mean, yeah, I would be upset too. Better but I safe guess, than sorry. Right, but. where it's like, we don't want to like mm-hmm. child snatch a child snatch. Yeah. So during a search of the home, officers found several internet searches on a device in the home. Some of them were, quote, reasons for an Amber Alert. Amber Alert in Austin had actually been searched 162 times. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had also searched Heidi Broussard. And on December 14th, she had searched, quote, bodies found in Texas. Ugh. Which, that... Okay, let me not spoil it. I was about to say something that spoiled it. Anyway, uh, another thing on the Amber Alert, because there was a whole article I read on this, like, why wasn't an Amber Alert called? And there's all these criteria for it to be called in Texas. And they were saying that it was possible that Heidi could have taken the baby of her own volition, so it wasn't a kidnapping. So, yeah. So that was never called. But anyway, so then officers go around back because they smell a putrid smell coming from this vehicle, Megan's vehicle that's parked in the backyard. 
and they made a dis- devastating discovery in the trunk. They found Heidi- Heidi's body in a black duffel bag. So mm. um, Heidi had been murdered. So a week after Heidi and Margot's abduction, there were some answers. We got some answers. We found Heidi, but more questions remained. So it appeared that Megan Firamuska had premeditated this attack for months, possibly even years, before she carried it out. Heidi had revealed to her friends several times that while she was pregnant, or excuse me, when Heidi revealed to friends that she was pregnant, this is when Megan also announced that she was also pregnant and said that she had the exact same due date. Yes, yeah, that's so that's at least a nine month. I mean, yeah, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. After Margot's birth, Heidi made several statements to friends and Shane that she had noticed Megan was b- being very possessive of the newborn. So she felt like something was going on. There's also, like, later they came out and said that at the birth of Margot, Heidi kept, I'm not Heidi, Megan kept taking the baby from Heidi's father. And it was just really awkward. And they all kind of felt like, what are you doing here besides Heidi? Because she's the one who invited her. But I still have some, I have, I have more questions. Though, okay. That I may have to I ask might at an- some point. I might answer Right. Them. In January 2022, uh, Megan was charged with capital murder, tampering with a corpse, and two counts of kidnapping. And an autopsy revealed that Heidi had been strangled to death, and the murder weapon was most likely a dog leash. So her trial has been delayed several times due to COVID, but she has been in the Travis County Jail awaiting her trial since her arrest in 2020. And she is being held on a $1.6 million bond. And if convicted, she can face the death penalty at not going to say what I think about that, but yeah, good. I mean, yeah. that, that checks out. Uh-huh. In March 2022, she had her first court hearing and her defense motion to remove evidence collected from the day she was arrested because they argued that law enforcement didn't have a warrant to enter the home. So, Texas Rangers, they defended their actions by saying there was a young child they believed had been kidnapped in the home. Because sometimes that warrant process takes forever. Mm-hmm. Like, it takes a long time. So you can't yeah. be like, oh, well, she has a two-week-old in there, but mm-hmm. let us get the right paperwork. <laughs> You're right. They also said there was a very strong smell of decomp on the property, and they had acted accordingly with a suspect who was capable of murder and kidnapping. They also stated that when they saw the baby, she appeared to have jaundice, and for that reason, they couldn't wait for a search warrant. They had permission from the boyfriend. Right. I was about to say, didn't he, didn't he yes. be like, yeah, y'all come on back yeah. to the house? Right. So they have no ground there. But the boyfriend also had, was a tenant on the lease. And on the body cam, you can hear him saying, she's not my child. Are you serious? Go get that baby. What are y'all waiting for, man? So, I mean, he, yeah. there's that. Texas Rangers arrived at the property at 1 p.m. and the search warrant wasn't approved until 8.30 p.m. And Megan's attorneys are trying to get any evidence, testimony, and anything else collected before 8.30 p.m. thrown out of the trial, which good luck. See, I just, it just like makes me, I cannot imagine trying to fight for someone so clearly guilty. I don't understand defense attorneys and how they do their job. I mean, I know you make, I know it's a lot of money, but I'm, and and I know there are cases where people look guilty, but they're not. But, like, golly, in the cases where they are guilty and you know yeah. it. Yeah. So, anyway, the Yikes. state is like, here's our justification. Number one, law enforcement isn't required to show probable cause when action is immediately necessary to protect human life. A, two week, a two-week-old kidnapped child with jaundice. Yeah. Okay. Two, there was an objective standard of reasonableness to enter, given the facts and circumstances of the case. 
Yes. Yeah. Number three, consent was given by someone authorized to provide consent, allowing Texas Rangers to enter the home without a warrant. I mean, that's all you need right there. Right. Because in, in, and I, I don't know as much about warrants and all that, but like, if if they had to get a warrant every time they went into someone's home, like, a lot more I, people would be dead. Right. Yeah. If you couldn't intervene every time you were invited, if you still had to have paperwork every time you were invited into the house or and or every time you were going in to seek, like, to help somebody medically, mm-hmm. you would never have. Yeah. That would be bad. Mm-hmm. So Texas Rangers said that once the baby was removed from the home, they made everyone exit the house, conducted only a safety sweep, and waited until the warrant arrived. That only then did they open the vehicle, which they had already determined to be the source of the smell. And they stated that they did this only to preserve evidence and get the baby into safety. So, it does appear that the trial is still set to go forward. Megan Firamuska, 37 now, is expected to plead guilty on January 31st. Which is like... What, two months? Real, like, two yeah. today. Like, within the week. Yeah. By pleading guilty to a first-degree murder charge and receiving a 55-year sentence, because she's probably going to take a plea deal, she will be eligible for parole after serving only 27 and a half years. Uh, Shane Carey, who was Heidi's fiance, said now he wants to look Firamuska straight in the eyes and ask her why. He said, it just makes me angry that these beautiful kids don't deserve this. She didn't deserve this. She was the best mom, the best person you can meet. She had like 25 best friends because everyone had, everyone wanted to be her best friend. I don't understand what happened still. I don't understand why. I was going to say, that is quite a shift from... I'm surprised that nothing I read, they're talking about like the psychology or her, her psychiatric state because... That, yeah. To p- appear to someone like... I'm sure Heidi believed this woman was her best friend. Well, I think that was my question going back to like... How did she get into the hospital room? Like, how, like how I think did, Heidi invited her. But that's what I'm saying is, like, how did Heidi... I thought you could have, like, two people, even I'm, pre-COVID, right? I know, but I'm just like, she didn't pick up on any signs? I guess. And, and if she said that she was pregnant at the same time, did she fake a belly bump? She did, and she that ex-boyfriend of hers um, would never allow her to see her. He never saw her unclothed while she was claiming to be pregnant and she looked like her stomach might have been a little bit bigger but he said when he when she allowed him to touch it it didn't feel like a pregnancy. that's what i'm like because she would have had to be nine months pregnant mm-hmm. in the in the hospital with her best friend while she's having a baby because yeah. she was due the same time this ex-boyfriend must not have that big of a brain in his head he's just like oh yeah you had the baby i was out of town didn't call me right you don't have any paperwork here we are. yeah sounds legit yeah Oh, anyway. Yikes. She, um... She said... She... I was trying to tie that back to Rumpelstiltskin. I was going to say, she said, if you can't guess my name, I'm going to kill you and take your baby. And she did, unfortunately. But thankfully, the baby is, uh, what, like a couple years old now and is doing good, but her mother will be missed. Yikes. And hopefully... That's wild. Megan Rumpelstiltskin Firamuska... Mickey Mushka will get I what just, she deserves. Yeah, that's just the Old crazy pants. Yeah, that that was dark. Yeah. First of all, I, let me say this: the job that I would want least in this world is to be smelling decomp from an enclosed thing, trunk, yeah, closet, anything, yeah. and have to open it up is 
find the bloating and the skin slippage and all of that. Not it. Anyway. Yikes. That's a story for Drew. It's dreary here in Alabama today. It is. Perfect weather for that story. Yeah. And I I need to go um, get some groceries. Honestly. Get you some... Nope. Cereal. Some magic spoon. Some Ricola. So we not going to get that either. I I did not enjoy any of the snacks you, you brought me today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I will get you a new Ziploc bag unless you want this one. Look at that um, little slime. I'm good. Thank you. I'm going to go throw it. I'm going to go throw it up now. Okay. Until next time. Until next time. Next time will be Valentine's <gasps> Day. <gasps> Let us know if there's anything you can think of that we can do that's not Cupid because we already did Cupid. That's true. You can follow us on Scary Tales Podcast. Until next time, be safe. Stay don't spooky. S- don't snatch your best friend's baby. And nope. Don't do it. Just be a good person. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>